It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. It is Mark with you. And Richie Rich. That's right. Ian is off somewhere. I don't even know. I Mysteriously mean, gone. He pl- No, he planned it ahead. I just don't know where. Um, and, and don't care. Right? Like you're going to, oh, you're going away. All right. Well, g- goodbye. I'll walk the dog. As you rub your hands together to be able to sit in the first chair. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I like it. Phones. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do anything for me, but it may do something for you. And if that's the case, the number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. You know, maybe you need to train yourself a little bit on Discord and figure out what it is, but basically it's a chat program, a very robust chat program, and it allows you to talk to people, including us. So we've got four on-air call-in lines. If you go to discord.freetalklive.com and accept the invitation there. Let's go right to the, the phones here, Rich wow. Rich. Yep. sweet. we got Dave calling in from Colorado. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. In Colorado, but my mind is on... Something that's going on in New Hampshire. And what is that? Uh, a scandal. I think it's a scandal. I'm not sure anyone else does, but uh, you know, I'm used to being alone on these things. Yeah. What's the, what's the story of my there? life, pal? Go ahead. <laughs> so the so the New Hampshire State House just passed a budget, which probably should be considered a scandal in and of itself. It'd be better if it didn't have a budget, right? Oh. But the yeah, um, I, th- I thought you were. Did we're going to stop there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there have been some fights, you know, vetoes and different budgets. The governor wants to raise spending. The Democrat legislature wants to raise it even more. The governor Uh, wants to raise spending? And I I didn't know that. I uh, I mean, all the talk that I'd heard was he was trying to keep the spending from going on. But maybe, you know, maybe that's just my little corner of the state. Probably in certain areas. His budget goes up too much and the Democrat budget goes up even more too much. Way too much, yeah. But what was really interesting was that when they passed, finally agreed on a compromise budget way too quickly, I thought, uh, the, um, the compromise budget, just, they just sort of threw in a ban on buying cigarettes, unless you're at least 19. Into oh, the yeah. budget. That's weird. I, th- I think I've seen you, you, your post on this on Facebook, unfortunately. So the scandal is they're yeah. not allowed to do that, allegedly. That's right? my understanding. It's supposed to be one bill, one subject, one subject, one bill. You don't put 15 things in one bill like the feds do. I'm sorry, the imperial government does. Uh, but that's what they just did this in, in the New Hampshire State House. And, and, and no one seems to care. Like the, the, um, the uh, mainstream media reported all about this. And the, you know, but they, their headline was that the smoking age had been increased. They just mentioned as a byline, oh, yeah, it was part of the budget. Looks like that happens every day. It doesn't. Right. It well, is weird the way they did it. Yeah, if that's if that's what they did, that's weird. And smokers are an easy target. Yeah. And this, but nevertheless, this whole, this is, there's a legislative process for banning smoking purchases at various ages or whatnot. And they went through that process unsuccessfully. It failed in the Senate. Mm-hmm. So they just thought, oh, we'll just we'll just throw it in the budget since we couldn't actually. I wonder if that's even legal. Through. I mean, not to that's say the that scandal. Yeah, that's yeah, but see, the thing is, is that something's only illegal if 
you get taken to court on it. Okay. And the government is unlikely to be taken to court on this because it's likely to just sort of slide by. How many people are out there willing to put X number of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars into a lawsuit in order to be able to sell cigarettes to people who are 18 years old? Not 19 yeah, I'm not years old. I'm not willing to wage. I'm not willing to wage a fight over the smoking age, yeah. especially if they went through the process. But uh, but if they're if they're completely violating the process, then now I'm in the fight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on the fight. But how do we fight it? Uh, and you know, well, uh, sue. Yeah, well, Jordan Earl Ullery is a state rep, and he was. I, I run this Facebook group called NH General Discussion, which is discuss general NH politics, and there's some state reps on there. And uh, Olary said that it's you know basically it's legal until it's challenged, and I, I guess yeah. he uh, he was also saying that it has something to do with the the the, each, the rules that each body of the government has for itself. I I, see, I think I got the impression that he seemed to think it may have been in compliance with the rules. He's he's a Republican, I and mean, I think he was probably I doubt he was on board with all this stuff, but. You, you think so? Because he said it's legal until it's challenged, almost inviting someone to take up the challenge. Yeah, right. Maybe, like you wouldn't say so. that. You wouldn't say that part if it was just like, no, no, perfectly fine. Procedure was followed, totally against, you know, totally well, within the law, no problem. So it's what they're not saying is is that it's illegal to be eighteen in possession of cigarettes. And this is the sort of trick that's been done around the United States: is it's illegal to sell the cigarettes to the in this case, 18-year-old, um, as opposed to, say, a 17 or younger. Um, and that means that they're not enforcing the l- rules on most people. Most people don't own a place that sells cigarettes. Sure. So they're only enforcing the rules on places that sell cigarettes, and that's a very small amount of places. They do not generally want to f- go to the, fight the government on it in any way, and I would say that it's it's certainly legal until it's challenged. And um, secondly, you know, maybe it does comply. I don't know. They've got all kinds of reasons why they, you know, believe that all their stuff is uh, is fine. And they've created a court system that makes it nearly impossible to challenge them in. Right. So. But, uh, you know, at least at least this is rare in New Hampshire. I mean, obviously, at the imperial level, it's something that happens practically every week, it seems like. But uh, this is one of the charms of New Hampshire is that they're supposed to be the laws, as you know, the, the bills are supposed to be understandable, simply written, short. Uh, there's only supposed to be one subject addressed per bill. And uh, that that is usually the way it is. So at least we still have that going for us. Well, you, you say rare, but it, it's, you know... I would say that any small encroachment needs to be fought back because they tend to turn into bigger ones once they see what they can get away with. So this time right. there's one bill against smokers or one line item against smokers. Next time there, you know, there's a couple more things in there. They're just they're waiting for someone to challenge it, and if no one does, they go, "Well, we can just keep doing this for for all the other pork belly, pork belly spendings that they want to they want to add to the bill." And when it comes to defending smokers, this is, for me, the hardest one of these things to do. I told you, easy target. But they are an easy target, yeah. right? I don't like cigarettes. And I'm of the opinion, I certainly don't want them in my home. Um, I prefer not to have them around me at all. I'm not claiming that people who smoke cigarettes are bad people. I certainly am not. But 
I, you know, I don't like them. And when they come out the, with these, uh, you know, rules against them, I, I have a difficult time. In most cases, what I'm doing when I'm arguing against uh, things is uh, showing the, you know, the, the positive part, the silver lining that most people aren't thinking about. I don't see a silver lining to cigarettes other than they're a bit of a canary in the coal mine for your other freedoms. Yeah, personal freedom, man. That's yeah. that's the topic right there. Right. So if you we're, like scuba diving, not- um, like it, I think that cigarettes and scuba diving are sort of similar, or, or skydiving, or you, you pick the thing that simply is fun to do, and sure. that's the only benefit to it. Um, as far as, you know, you, it's difficult to list the benefits of skydiving, but if you find it fun, that fun is off the charts fun, and it's worth everything else, whereas cigarettes are a small amount of fun for the people that do them, and that's really the only benefit to them, because otherwise they kill you. We're not, we're not fighting for cigarette smokers. We're fighting for the process and for the, the people that they come for next. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that's, those are the reasons that I would do it. And by the way, I'll fight for cigarette smokers. It's cigarette smoking that I, <laughs> that I have, have a problem with. Um, so is there a so. start to the process, Dave, of like what, what's the next step for any sort of call to action to challenge this in some way? Well, this is what's unfortunate and why well, what I've been doing is calling talk, local talk radio about it. But what, what, what would actually probably have to be done would be a lawsuit if this were going to be changed. And I do not advocate lawsuits or government doing anything that causes government expenditures. So I will. I'm not sure. Other than, other than raising heck, I'm not sure what to advocate. Sell cigarettes to underage smokers on the black market. That would probably just be civil illegal. Civil disobedience would be another nice thing. From a license standpoint. Thank you for the call, Dave. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free, as in Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Just talking about. Oh, the way the governments will sometimes sneak little rules in on you. In this case, it was the New Hampshire government putting a smoking sales ban simply for 18-year-olds. So moving the effective age to 19 rather than 18. Small encroachment. and uh, But doing it inside the budget rather than passing a bill because they attempted to pass the bill and that failed. So they slid this in and... Not to say that I think that 18-year-olds should smoke, or 19-year-olds, or 20-year-olds, or 47-year-olds. Um, I don't think any of them should smoke, personally. But, you know, I was talking about getting a cigar today. I was uh, where my wife and I are planning a trip, and this is a place that uh, is known for cigars. And I thought, well, I'll just Honduras? get the place that's known. I'll just get some cigars. <laughs> and... That'll be fun. Smuggle them back over into the United States? Nope, you don't have to. Um, you're allowed to bring a certain amount back. And then I'll have some cigars that I can give to friends because that'll be fun. Nice. I will probably smoke one of those cigars, and I will probably feel ill, and I probably won't uh, smoke another cigar for a couple of years. See, or at least a year. I've never, I've never smoked, but I've always said if I was going to smoke, it would be cigars. Mm-hmm. And then as a teenager, is that because you don't generally inhale cigars? I, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think there's a uh, an elegance and a manliness to a cigar. I see that I don't like. I don't like seeing big dudes with little tiny cigarettes dangling from their lips. It just 
doesn't exude masculinity mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be a cigar. I see. Um, and then we had the opportunity because my stepdad smokes cigars fairly regularly. And he was like, well, if you want one, you know, here you go. Right. Go ahead and try one. Um, I chose not to at the time because I hadn't smoked anything since then. Still uh, looking like that. Yeah. Yeah. My, but my stepbrother did. And we were, you know, we were like 14 or 15 or somewhere, somewhere in that low age range and just offered it, you know, like no big deal. If you want to try it, try it, you know, see what you like, see if it feels right for you. And, you know, it, there was no prohibition on it. There was no like um, bad talk, you know, down, down talking or, or minimizing the effectiveness. Um, but it was funny because my stepbrother did. He took like a big old drag off the cigar and then exhaled nothing. And we're like, uh-oh. Right. You say, uh-oh, but he c- couldn't figure it out. <laughs> like he, he just, he didn't inhale it. He just, he sucked it in. And then was it opened, lit? Yeah, no, no. Okay. It, was, it was ready to go. Uh, but he, he sucked it in, and then like the first few pops, just like nothing, exhaled nothing, like oh, opened his mouth, and just it was nothing, like, where's the smoke, dude? Like you know, he's like, I don't know. So you know, a couple drags later, and then finally, I guess fired right, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in in that part. But yeah, at, okay. at fifty, at you know, fourteen, fifteen. Sure, you didn't old, know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, well, it's probably best. Let me tell you about Liberty.menu. If you want to see 14-year-olds smoking cigars, maybe you're a libertarian. Absolutely. <laughs> That's my segue. Um, and if you're a libertarian, you want to check out Liberty.menu. It's a place for – it's a directory of libertarian businesses, organizations, and events. And just that. You have to take a little pledge if you're uh, listing anything on Liberty.menu that you um, aren't going to violate the non-aggression principle, that you're not interested in that. That's not your behavior. And you can put your voluntarist ideas into action at liberty.menu. Use code FTL. You get a special badge there. We're involved with over at liberty.menu because so many people asked us for this. How can we do business with libertarians? Well, go to liberty.menu. Now you know the answer. It was a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. And there there have been a few iterations of this on the internet. Not all of them uh, affiliated with us, by the way. Yeah. But we just decided that this was the best one and we were going to get affiliated with them and help them out. So liberty.menu. The next big one is places that take crypto. Yeah, there's a bunch of maps out yep. there. Um, anypay.global or helpmetakebitcoin.com probably is easier. Helpmetakebitcoin.com will get you to a map. But there are several maps and they aren't overlapping necessarily. Uh, my co-host Ian is working on getting these things as accurate as he possibly can. But it's a Herculean task I know. to make the globe accurate on who's accepting crypto and who's not. Sure. So, tough stuff. And he's been doing it. Let's talk about this story that you had about Ohio cops apparently scaring the pants off of uh, kids again. Yeah, absolutely. Ohio police fired blanks during a school shooter drill, uh, needlessly terrifying students. I wonder how loud these blanks were. Because if you were walking through a school... Um, I'm depending on the kind of walls that they have in the school. But if you're walking through a school, say drywall and nothing else in between there, firing off a 40, uh, but let's say, let's see, they're police. So they probably have nines or 40 calibers yeah. um, or maybe tens. Uh, then these are going to be loud, like pretty darn loud. And that's going to, I don't know. I mean, are the blanks Terrify as loud? students. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, I've never, um, fired blanks so i don't i don't do they sound i don't know do they sound significant a starting different? pistol for instance is 
more like a firing cap than anything. Okay. I mean, like it's got it's not as nearly as loud as firing a gun. Yeah, well, that's pretty loud when you think of like it echoing throughout the whole stadium too. Uh, police officers outside of Dayton, Ohio, unsheathed their weapons and fired blanks in Franklin High School on Tuesday as part of a misguided effort to prepare students for a possible active shooter. Right. So these active shooter drills drills are going on in schools across the country, most schools from what I can tell, in some form or another. And they many times they incorporate the local police, and in many cases these local police are going overboard, whether they... I mean, I'm not saying they're trying trying to scare people, but it's if you're going to scare people, it's like young people that you want to scare the most. You want to say this world's a dangerous place and you've got to know. And I think that that's part of the attitude. But I think in other parts, it's like, well, this has got to be as realistic as possible. We're just let's put it together, guys. And they put together something and then, yeah, well, well, let's have some blanks. Make sure we don't kill anybody. That's that's part of the problem, right? Like the the only way to successfully train for that type of thing is to basically be under very high stress conditions and then and and be under high stress conditions repeatedly so that you can handle yourself right like one time high stress you might learn a little bit um, but you're going to get stressed out again the next time it's not like you you you're you've effectively like you know uh Internalized. You're bringing up a very interesting point, right? So um, as much respect as in this world as we may have for police and uh, soldiers and the sort of people who are under this kind of stress that we're talking about, we wouldn't say that it is a profession without its uh, drawbacks and consequences. Sure. Soldiers come home with PTSD all the time. Right. PTSD, suicidal behavior, uh, alcoholism. You pick. There's a whole bunch of... Uh, ways of dealing with stress and they seem to be overrepresented in those two particular groups i'm leaving firefighters out because i don't have numbers on them but i'll bet they have i bet they have got experience though what's that you can speak from experience though i can speak from yeah yeah i wouldn't even speak Uh, i was a firefighter but you know i was a volunteer i mean so you know bad things happen certainly but not like a police officer or a um soldier necessarily so Yeah, I would say that uh, do we want those consequences for our kids. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. Or you can use the Discord lines. You go to discord.freetalklive.com and accept the invitation there. Free Talk Live. Chronic pain, stress and anxiety, fatigue or lack of focus, dependence on opioids or opiates? John Bush here, owner of Brave Botanicals, inviting you to try a free ounce of Kratom, the controversial plant remedy the government doesn't want you to know about. Why, you ask? Well, it's big competition for big pharma. From grandmothers cutting Oxycontin to keep up with their grandkids, to young adults kicking Adderall and quitting drinking, more Americans are turning to Kratom to help them through the day. But the government won't stop us. When the credit card companies kicked Kratom to the curb, I accepted e-checks and crypto. When Facebook shut down my ad account, I did podcast interviews and advertised on Free Talk Live. And now to give a big F you to the man, I'm giving away Kratom for free. To get your free ounce of Kratom, go to freeounceofkratom.com, pay $5 shipping and handling, and I'll send you a free ounce. Visit freeounceofkratom.com to claim your free ounce today. That's freeounceofkratom.com.
Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE. As in freedom, it's Mark with you. And Richie Rich. Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Herb calling in about active shooter drills. Herb, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, 855-450-FREE. Call now. That's right. Yeah, I Congratulations. Yeah, right on, bro. Right on, man. They have to have these active shooter drills. Oh, you saw what happened in Sandy Hook. That skinny boy with autism walked in there and shot 24 people. He sure did. With, with, the best, with the best aim possible. I don't – and they never called a medical chopper. The cops uh, pronounced all of them dead within the first 10 minutes. Shortly after, they had a pizza party. They were bringing pizza in there. They were all prepared with water. And you can see the parents walking around and around and around and around in and out of the building for a good hour. And if you go to the Wayback Machine, there is no activity on that school's website up until that time that 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 happened. For three years before that incident, there's no activity for that school. And then they tore the school down and spent $70 million on a new one. Can you believe that, guys? Oh, I can believe what they spend on it. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. 855-450-3. Call now. So um, as far as the hand, Sandy Hook, is that it? Okay. Um, I guess he's you know doesn't want to sit around and have our opinions on Sandy Hook. Is he suggesting that it was faked? I think that's exactly what he's <laughs> suggesting. You know, the what what's interesting is is that there's no way for the vast majority of us in America to know what happened in Sandy Hook. That's true for everything you don't have first-hand experience. On, That's though. true, right? Like you can either believe the news or not believe the news. Now, to make Sandy Hook a conspiracy sort of like as these folks will talk about it, that on the other hand requires significantly more collusion from the media than I have seen capable in my life. Now, I have worked more of my life in media. Wait, you've seen the moon landing footage, though, right? Because some people claim I've seen it. Okay, fake that, too. Media is capable of lots of fakes. I understand, but with the moon landing, you're only getting one feed. Okay. Now, and I'm not, but you're claiming, are you claiming that the moon was landing <laughs> no. was faked? Okay, see, um, but- in, I think, all cases, you would have to say that NASA's required to feed us the moon landing footage, okay. whatever that it might be. So, uh, you know, there's uh, – you're accepting this the, – the media's accepting this footage from NASA. That's a lot easier. You can see the bottleneck. Okay. Whereas with Sandy Hook – The conspiracy theories are out after every single one of these, uh, whatever the incident is. There's always a conspiracy theory on it. Wham, right off. This didn't happen or this is a psyop or, you know, whatever the thing is. Well, because a lot of times they politicize the issue right off the bat. And the only way to do that is to skew the actual events in your favor to push your agenda. But wouldn't you do well as a reporter if you were to break the story that Sandy Hook was a weird experiment that the government was doing in collusion with some media out there 
Um, like it would be a big deal if you were able to do that, if, if you were able to sort of show that these things aren't true. Look, pizza party or whatever it is that one claims. Sure. Um, I mean, how hard would it have been for a reporter to get into that school and walk around a couple of days after? It would be very difficult to fake that a shooting of, I don't know how many kids, he said uh, 24 or something, went on. Uh, I mean, you know, what are they going to do? Take hogs in there and slaughter them? What about the papers knocked all over the places, the desks and all this sure. stuff that would have happened? So my general fear when it comes to reporters is that they're they have to concern themselves with their career and the next story, right? Which is why a lot of like media breaks and news releases today is just the press release from whomever put it out. And then all the reporters report on the same thing. It happens because to be like, to be the breaking news reporter that goes against the grain, you isolate yourself basically from the entire industry and all the information sources from which you would normally gather your information. I've seen too much of this news gathering that goes on. I've been the places where the reporters are, and I know that there's a handful of them pretty much every time. They still chase stories and have beats and these kind of things. Sure. Yes, there's way too much of going on with what you're talking about, where, you know, reporters people taking basically the news wire throwing it on uh, there and you know that's it or they write another story about a story and yeah you know those kind of things but yeah that's you, absolutely true if you break the news that this is actually a conspiracy and nothing's going on in sandy hook the likelihood is that you're looking at your last story now and you're you know you're relegated to youtube journalism and blog posts i don't believe that for a second you don't think so no absolutely not there are i mean sandy hook is relatively close to new york city okay um and there are there's there's newspapers there there are radio stations there there's television stations there that's not like little old Keene, new hampshire where we don't have a tv station so you're talking about a lot of different reporters plus there's bloggers and those kind of things and yeah do are reporters incentivized to do what politicians want them to do sure but this is a pretty deep conspiracy and let's not forget that in politics everybody has somebody on the other side too sure and Republicans and Democrats alike agree that Sandy Hook took place. I just think it's too big of a conspiracy to be hiding these things. I, I'm by no means pure as the driven snow when it comes to believing the stories that uh, the media provides me. I don't believe that Jeffrey Epstein story to save my life. And I'm 100% sure that our entire financial system is a, uh, a crooked fix. Sure. So, yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist. But if you're on the Epstein beat, right, could, couldn't could you watch the back door to see who got wheeled out, to see if anyone was taken out? Of the Supposedly back? they did, and they took a picture of that person, well, and that person didn't look like Epstein. And the but, photos didn't match. And, right, but I don't know, like, I, I can't really verify that the photos that I'm looking at were actually taken by somebody taking a picture of the back door of the jail, and that was supposed to be Epstein, Right. Well, yeah, because you weren't there. It's New York City and a jail. I would imagine that they're rolling people, dead people, out of their jails all the time. I mean, you know, sure. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little uh, morbid, but sure. I am. I'm not saying that they're beating them to death. I mean, but let's not forget that they're dealing with all kinds of folks. You know, heroin addicts. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows what's going on? Easy uh, to find a body double then. 
Indeed, maybe that's what they were waiting on. Maybe they just waited on, uh, you know, well, we've got three guys in here that uh, look close enough to Epstein. they got white hair. That's fine. And they're Caucasian. We'll just wait for them to go, and then we'll um, sneak them out that night. Off Off you go to Panama, Jeffrey. Or maybe they just put something bad in their dinner and they died. Could be. That's also a possibility. <laughs> so, see, but see, all those conspiracies, and you're never going to get any verified report from a news agency nope. or a news outlet because no one's investigating that. They go like, oh, jail reported, Epstein died. Uh, you know, news reported, Sandy Hook took place, and end the story. Well, so let's say that Epstein's alive and living, uh, I don't know, what would where would be he be living if he was alive? He would either have made it somehow back to whatever his home country is that he, for which he was a special agent. Special Agent Epstein, right? Okay. Um, so let's say Israel. <laughs> and Open up that can of worms. Well, yeah, well, fine. <laughs> and then he, you know, somebody may get a picture of him or if he's, like, he's got to eat dinner. He's, sure. If he's got a life, I mean, maybe he's just all a company man and he's going to live inside the Mossad or something the whole time. Or maybe he's off in some Latin American country living Argentina. like a king, king, but at which point you can't really hide there either not in this connected world somebody's gonna be like oh two edis jeffrey epstein <laughs> well, they're, they're still elvis sightings so what can there you are a lot of elvis in- uh, imitators Imperson- sure yeah. yeah impersonators that's the term 855-450-3733 it's not that i'm not willing to entertain your conspiracy theory but don't expect me to, to just bite that thing, you know, that hook right on that hook. I'm going to ask some questions. 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Richie Rich. want to tell you before I uh, skip over it like I did the last segment uh, about Go Dark Bags. More and more people are being concerned with the online tracking of our movements and personal data via our mobile phones. These mobile phones basically give you give the government... Your entire profile, movement, and all. You're, they're tracking your movement all the time. If you think going into airplane mode somehow solves that problem, you are mistaken. The phone, once you turn it off of airplane mode, just uploads all the information from your GPS. Whoop, right back up there. So whatever information, the only thing you can do is turn the phone off if you really believe it's off and... There's not a go. If they don't want that to happen, then that doesn't happen. Um, so there you go. Go dark bags. I've got one in my car, and I have used it on more than one occasion. And I've checked my Google map to see where it thought I was in that period of time. And it didn't show me there. So maybe they're still tracking me, but they're having, it's going to be pretty hard. I, I know it works. I slide my phone in, and, it's, and I have a, my Bluetooth headset on still, and it just says, Phone one can't be reached or whatever it says. So anyway, go darkbags.com slash FTL. If you value your privacy and want to be absolutely certain your mobile phone cannot be hacked or its location tracked, you should get one of the Faraday bags by going to go darkbags at go darkbags.com slash FTL. Go darkbags.com slash FTL. Let's go to Robert calling in from Charleston, South Carolina. 
Robert, you're on Free oh, Talk. Hello, now. sir. Well, thank you very much, sir. I just want to, uh, being that you're just talking about uh, things that were portrayed that possibly never really happened, um, you know, I studied in, in Germany at what is today the number one rated university in Germany. And uh, I, I studied law, but I studied in the dormitory. I talked to some of the other students, and they, and, and they said that in 1969, the, the U.S. would have not had the technology to, to land on the moon and then take off again because, because they said, actually, the moon had the stronger gravitational force than you, than, than, than you would expect, number one, okay. so that they wouldn't have... How do they know that? Well, I, I don't really know, but that's what they told me. That's one thing they told me. The other thing what I we can tell from this is, is that some German people do not believe the moon landing is real. So, sure. Go ahead. Yes, yes, sir. That's right. And the other thing is, myself, I noticed that we just developed the technology to to land vertically. So, how could we have had that in 1969 to land vertically on the moon? Did you notice that? Did I notice that they landed vertically? Yes, they did. Yeah, um, they landed. They, I've seen the capsules. Yeah, right. But the thing is, you know, we just developed that technology to land vertically on the Earth. The uh, commercial um, spacecraft that came in, you know, that that, that take SpaceX off now, or whatever, nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, 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 you know, that they just developed the technology to land vertically to land the space. I know they did. Sure. I mean, yeah. and but they're dealing with different gravitational pulls and things like that. I don't like my my thought on the moon landing is is this, um, Robert. It's a. Um, could it, did it happen or didn't it happen? Well, I don't know. I presume it did because people told me it did at a time in my life when I would have believed them. So you believe them to this day. I do. Right. Like, because my question would be, this is the really important one is what do I gain by ceasing to believe that the moon landing is true? Like maybe I'm, maybe I get convinced at some point, somebody calls in with a, wow, that's an insurmountable fact that I just can't get my brain over. And, well, I, I think it would. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Sorry. I mean, is what do I gain? Uh, you know, at wh- what point? Well, well, the thing, the thing is, you see, um, I think that there was a lot of political pressure on them to do that by 1969 yeah. because President Kennedy promised that, and they wanted to fulfill that promise at all costs. And that actually, that that one big accident we had with the O rings, that was also cost. The, the, Apollo thirteen. The problem there was they were trying to meet a schedule, you know, yeah. and that's what cost the lives of those astronauts, you know. So what if? They did make it to the moon, and the Russians, the Soviets, didn't want their citizens to believe that they did, so they spread some counter-information that has, uh, to this day, sort of existed, right? So it's I mean, back to the Russians. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, bad information. There's, if, if, there's a, if, if there's a PSYOP on one side, there has to be a PSYOP on the other, right? Sure. Yes, yes. The Russians actually did try to make it look like they had done that way back when I was in the seventh grade. And my, my, my German uh, teacher, Wally Langert, in Greenwood Lake, New York, he was from Germany, and he picked out, he, he showed us the fraudulent attempt by the Russians to make it look like it landed on the moon. He showed us the wires and how they, how they, how they, how they had that arranged. He showed the very thin wires. And I'm going to have to look that up. I've never even heard about fake Russian moon landing pictures. Yes, yes. I, I, I was I was uh, in the seventh grade, and I was born in 1953, So you can figure figure out what year that was, and and, and it was my. So my yeah, I went to a government school, Robert. That's not really fair. You were told this when you were an impressionable youth as well. Then twelve. Well, 
this guy was a pretty smart, these German guys are pretty smart scientists, you know, and he, he was doing this because he emigrated to the United States, and he was doing this because in Greenwood Lake, New York, that was that was a job that was available, so he was our science teacher, but but we we were pretty far ahead in Greenwood Lake. I mean, we had the first male rocket in the whole United States. The first male. The first male rocket from it was it was it was launched from behind the recreation center in Greenwood Lake, New York, only a hundred about one hundred and fifty feet from from the school of which I attended in grammar school. You know what did they do with this male rocket? Like a rocket? You're talking about a rocket that has mail in it. Where they send it to the pier? Probably to the other end of Greenwood Lake. I'm not really sure how far, but it was the first male rocket ever. Well, fascinating story. Appreciate the call, Robert. See, and here's the thing. You're welcome, sir. Right. All right. Uh, unfortunately, um, he says that the the teacher told them that the technology doesn't exist and hasn't existed, and the, that he knew the gravitational pull of the moon, of the moon would have affected what they thought the trajectory would be. In so uh, in one case, it was students, as I understand it, in the dormitory that were telling him that it was impossible for the United States to have done it at the time. In the other case, it was the teacher right. that told him that the Russians couldn't do it. Well, and the Russians didn't do it, right? Like they. I don't they, know. Well, they lost. They lost that space. Maybe race. we just didn't believe the Russian story, and they really did land to the moon. Okay, fair, fair enough. Or I should say the Soviets. Now they're the Russians. They were the Russians, and then they were the Soviets, and then they were the Russians again. Sure, but e- either way, right? How does how does how does German scientists know what the gravitational pull of the moon is if they haven't been there to experience it? Right? It's all conjecture until you actually do it. I guess, um, but it's I mean, true. It is. I mean, science yeah. is about experimentation. But it's also about believing people that do stuff. Let's take uh, Bonnie, who's calling in from Miami. Bonnie, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hey, guys. How you doing? All's well. Hey, great. Um, the first thing is when the Englishman stood up and all three of the gentlemen were sitting on the stage, he says, wasn't it so beautiful? And how did you like the stars in the sky? Weren't the stars so beautiful? And that was the Englishman um, right when they got back. And they looked at each other and they said, we don't remember seeing any stars. Not only that, but tell me this. If you go on YouTube right now, why can so you not does find... that mean that these huh? astronauts were, were tricked too? Well, hold on. Let me get to my second okay, go ahead. and you can comment. Okay. Tell me, go on YouTube right now and show me one video of Neil Armstrong in a school, high school, grade school, college, anything, giving a speech... Uh, talking about the, the greatness and the future of the space program. He hid out in hiding in Ohio for the rest of his entire life, and he never gave any interviews because he could not continue the lie. Can you imagine going to the moon and coming back? You would give hundreds and thousands of speeches to college kids, to high school kids. Maybe. He's not the only him. one, though, right? Like, Neil Armstrong isn't the only person who's ever been to the moon. No, Buzz Aldrin's pretty yeah, public. No, he was the strong arm. He was the Armstrong. He's the main man. Of course you would yeah, think he's that the name, he would come out of power. He's the name that we know, yeah. But, I mean, there's – so is the idea that even though there are astronauts that have been to the moon that will come out and say things about going to the moon – but since Neil Armstrong won't, that that's evidence that a lie was perpetrated? Is that the, the, the claim here? I'm not no, saying it's, it's not bad. It's not evidence, but, but well, wouldn't you think that if you came back from the moon, you would, you would encourage your American citizen, your fellow citizens, especially students, and you cannot find one video on YouTube or anywhere where he actually gave speeches to the class and to classes to promote the future of the space program. Can you believe he stayed in hiding the whole rest of his entire life? I could envision. And Bart Seibrell, 
I can envision a scenario know, where he was depressed after that, knowing that life would never ever well, get that great. Well, of course he was depressed because because he could not continue to lie anymore. He was no, not I'm saying because lie landing about. on the moon was so great. Like you, you at that you point everything's downhill, pe- right? Everything's downhill after you've been the first man to walk. That's on an the explanation. Moon. I mean, they're both explanations. Sure. I, Which one is more valid than the other? I think we should get an interview with okay, Neil Armstrong. Well, Neil, call in. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE, as in you will be free from the burden of lying to the American people. And here's your opportunity, Neil, to call in about it right now. 855-450-3733. We'll get you after the top of the hour, Neil. She seems happier. Her fur is so much shinier, silkier, softer. She has really mellowed a lot. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life. The shedding has stopped. The itching has stopped. Since 2001, we've helped more than a quarter million dogs get over their nutritional deficiency miseries. And saved our customers bazillions in vet bills. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynavite for help. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. It's been Conspiracy Talk Live here tonight. How did that happen? Uh, Well, because here's the reason. (laughs) The reason is, is that normal people don't pick up the telephone and call radio programs. They're afraid of what their voice is going to sound like on the air. They're afraid of kind of stammering and like I, 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 forgetting what they're uh, we're going to say. They're afraid that the thing that they want to talk about is dumb. They just don't take the time out of their lives and they don't take the the leap in sort of personal growth that it would take to make a call. Except for conspiracy theorists, then. No inhibitions whatsoever. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're much more likely to, you know, think it's important to, uh, you know, get across this message, whatever this message is. For me, the moon landing, as I pointed out uh, previously, whether the moon landing is true or not, we live in a world where the moon landing is true. So if I want to live in this world... I am better off believing that the moon landing is true, whether it is true or not. So, uh, I don't know how I feel about that thought process in general. Well, I, there's no value to it. If sure, I, like I have one goal in changing the world. Okay, not to get people to believe that some story that was told is inaccurate, because I don't gain anything from that. But I have decided that I would gain from a world where people did not initiate violence on other people okay so you know that's force or fraud right but fraud uh but force so is, you put up with the moon landing aspect of it to get the, the broader message of freedom and liberty i just i'm not gonna spend my time on it sure 
if if I spent every minute of the show on the moon landing on other wackadoodle uh, conspiracy theories, whether they're right or not, I mean they're wacky. You got to admit they're wacky, whether you admit whether you believe they're right or not. I will concede that. Um, well, the, I'm, I'm talking to the listener generally is that if you can't tell that a, a conspiracy theory is particularly wacky, then you don't understand what wacky is, and that means you are wacky okay i believe i want to believe in bigfoot okay i understand that there are some problems with believing in bigfoot but we live in a world where there's evidence of bigfoot's existence right we live in a world where we're able to accept the bigfoot conspiracy far more than we're able to accept say a moon landing conspiracy okay because, you know, the people that get out there and crunch numbers and say this just isn't true and this is true and that kind of thing aren't attempting to defend or uh, go after Bigfoot. Basically, if you're a Bigfoot believer, you're a little wacky and you like to hike. Everybody likes people that like to hike. That's good. Sure. Yeah. Get so, some exercise. If you're right. Get out and get some exercise and look for your, and look for your North American Bigfoot. primate. Have fun, guys. You know, so nobody cares. And, uh, I mean, you know, I like listening to people's stories about Bigfoot. Maybe they're telling me all just a bunch of hooey, but I like it. Okay. It's good bedtime reading. Right. And I think that the alien stories are interesting, but I believe them less. I was quizzed on this one time, and I thought it by somebody who thought that basically I was a nut, that somehow, you know... For believing some, the alien stories? No, somebody believed that I was... Uh, said. That I was a libertarian to them. Oh, so what well, they thought that they were, didn't know what a libertarian was. So their immediate thought was I was conspiracy theorist. Okay, and there's an overlap there in some Venn diagram. There certainly is. Pretty big. <laughs> and so they began quizzing me about aliens and what I believed, and I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about what I believe in aliens. Okay, but I said, um, what do I believe? Well. I believe some people have seen some very interesting phenomenon. I believe that there is certainly intelligent life somewhere in the universe. Seems probable. Perhaps that intelligent life has somehow figured out how to handle super light travel. And if it has, maybe it's been here to Earth. What do I consider the likelihood? Well, when you consider that there are more billions of of stars than I can say, and that there must therefore be, what are the chances of uh, life on a given star? You know, maybe it's one in 10, maybe it's one in 10,000. I don't know what the chances are that life exists at any planet that's within the sort of, you know, probability that life could exist zone. What if the universe is so young that we actually are the current top of the food chain? Or what if the Fermi principle is true that they, um, the ones that do uh, rise to intelligence just blow themselves up and never make it off of uh, their own planets? I could be headed in that direction. Right. <laughs> right. Well, could be the next we can list. see how that is possible, right? <laughs> so... I'm going to go ahead and say that, yeah, I think that maybe aliens have visited the Earth. Okay. Does that mean that we've seen them? No. Well, presumably, if they can travel faster than light, no, you haven't seen them. Because they can travel faster than light. 
They have technology well beyond what we do. We already have technology that can digitally hide things. We have stealth technology, and our ancestors 100 years ago were pooping in holes. So, no, we're not very advanced. Indoor plumbing does not uh, suggest that, uh, that we're in any good shape. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that you could... I'll bet you we could create something right now that could project, say, its environment over itself that is sort of floppy like fabric, something like Harry Potter's cloak that was invisible. Um, But, you know, not invisible, but, uh, you know, uh, camouflages very well to its environment. I seen an article recently for a wearable face projector sticks out and projects a different image on your face to fool cameras. There you go. So, um I've seen a, I've I've seen technology for uh cameras that's a lot less um fancy, you know, just things that you wear on your face. Yeah. And that would do stuff. So if aliens have been here and I think they have, I don't believe we've seen them. And I don't believe that the phenomenon that we see in the air is generally aliens. Maybe it is. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're alien teenagers are buzzing us for kicks in their alien hot rods or something. They're souped up UFOs. Right. But, you know, going super slow. (laughs) We're going to go slow enough just so they can catch a glimpse and then we're out of here. Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. But... I don't believe the alien story. I'm not as excited about the alien story as I'm about Bigfoot. It's wacky. It's wacky. But if I get excited about the moon landing, for me, there's just no value in that particular one. If I get people to believe this or not believe it, and I don't care if you believe in Bigfoot or aliens. Okay. I really don't. I'm not trying to convince anybody of those. I look at conspiracy theories as stories I like to listen to. Sure. And I don't... I'm not interested in the story of, well, whether or not the United States faked a moon landing and whether or not Russia faked a moon landing or any of those things. Just not interesting to me. Sure. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you can call in about it and I'll ask you some questions and maybe you'll make it look like uh, the moon landing was fake and then maybe you'll convince people and maybe the world will be better as a result. Tell me that. See, how is the world better as a result of me not believing that the, uh, the moon landing is true? Well, because now we can work toward getting the technology to get there faster. But right? I don't... If You what, don't want to. What's on the moon? Water? Nobody knows because nobody's been there. There's gold. So think about this for a second. There's an asteroid. Isn't there an asteroid that's like full of gold and precious Gold metals? is apparently like uh, something created in the collapsing of a neutron star, I believe okay. is what I was told by one of the gold guys. And that means that there are definitely gold asteroids floating around. Presumably, very large gold asteroids. And when one of those gold asteroids hits the Earth, and it is only a matter of time before one of those asteroids hits the Earth, then the gold market is going to spike in a very strange way, and I'm interested in that. But if you think about this, people have been mining gold for thousands of years. I'm going to presume somewhere around 10,000 years. Maybe it's uh, more than that. But if that's the case, then nobody's mined gold on the moon. So all the gold that has been mined out of the Earth has not been mined out of the moon, so there's as much gold as there could possibly be on the moon. You get it? There's just a lot of gold on the moon sure, comparative okay. to the Earth. All right, fair enough. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And you can call in and talk about anything that is on your mind. It is Mark with you. And Richie Rich. Let me tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Local.bitcoin.com. Well, Bitcoin.com is a website you can go to to find out about Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, news, how to get started with these things, all the stuff you need to know. Um, they've got it over there at Bitcoin.com. Local.bitcoin.com is a new thing that they've introduced that allows you to buy, sell, trade with people anonymously if you wish. On the online without, uh, you know, in a very safe fashion, especially if you're a buyer. And um, it's fascinating. And people are doing using it all over the world. And it's great. And as a matter of fact, co-hosts here are using it to make a few extra bucks. There's no ID requirements to sign up and use the site. And all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. A global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash Local. Dot bitcoin.com that's local.bitcoin.com let's go to the phones we got john calling in from virginia john you're on free talk live yeah you guys were saying about the uh gold and, and asteroids yes i brought it up yeah well, i think that uh, you know spacex they're they're gearing up here to go to, to the moon and the mars and all that stuff now that we I finally really learned to land all- vertically yes I think the ultimate goal for them is to mind uh, asteroids in space. That wouldn't surprise me. One asteroid. Yeah. It could be billions of billions of dollars in just one asteroid. I'm no herpetologist, but um, (laughs) somebody who studies lizards. Um, Oh, okay. I'm no uh, expert in this, but there's got to be something that's worth more than gold per ounce, right? I don't know if it's uranium, yeah, platinum. platinum, palladium. Uh, platinum, platinum has been sure. up and down, but I don't know what it is today. It t- those two typically traded above gold when I was, you know. Palladium? Watching. I thought that was less. Anyway, okay. there's. I'm thinking of things that are significantly. Oh, okay. Because um, one thing you want if you're going to go mining an asteroid is you want to hit the that thing that's really worth some money. I'm sorry, gold at uh, what thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars an ounce, whatever it might be at today is not impressive when you're talking about going out there, getting something, and coming back, dragging back. But uh, the quantity, it's the quantity. It may be the quantity. Make it if, you can, if you can somehow, like, boop, 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 scan the solar <laughs> system and then, like, right. boop, boop, you, you hit the, 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 the asteroid, this thing's made of solid yeah. gold. Elon Musk is right. it's probably a worth shuttle. Right, sending your car tow, up there yeah. to uh, land on this thing and then, you know, zooming it on back on electric. Tow the asteroid home <laughs> <laughs> to, to fulfill all the yeah. shareholder requirements in Tesla. <laughs> It's a thought. It's pretty cool. It's a concept. Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. when it comes to SpaceX and Elon Musk, I wouldn't doubt that mm-hmm. he's got some sort of, like, you know, in the back pocket type of goal that he's not sharing with the world. I want the space station. I mean, why can't we go out there, find the, the, uh, building blocks, the, the, the the matter that we would need to start building a a big space station out there where people can be. Um, I saw that in Valerian. I was just like, man, this is awesome. So 
Yeah, and it, it's yeah. floating out yeah, there somewhere. Way. I mean, it's not—it's not like the universe isn't composed of things that you can, you know, break down and build with. <laughs> well, our planet certainly right, is. Right. Thanks for the call, John. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, I, when I was making that point about gold being on the moon, I don't know if I made it clear. You seemed a little befuddled, and it was the way you said it. Where I, you said I probably didn't as, get it exactly right. As much gold right. on the moon as there is on Earth, right? I don't mean that there's as much gold as there is on uh, moon on the is there the, on the the moon is smaller than the Earth, but there's as much gold per ton on the moon as there is on per ton on the Earth because. The gold, much of the gold in, on the earth has been dug up and is being, you know, worn around by, you know, these these very also successful primates. Earth, what? Also still on the earth. Though. Still on the earth. <laughs> Just not it. You can't mine it, right? Now, sure. now, now you're a robber if you go collecting the gold that is running around on people. So, or a scavenger. You could scavenge some of that stuff in the, the right places. I guess. Let's go to the uh, phones. You could be a pawn dealer. There you go. <laughs> Robin calling in from Virginia. I love listening to WINS. Robin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, there's a number of articles and stories out. One's a book called Boson's Boomerang. Boson's Boomerang? Writes, yeah, Boson's Boomerang. Okay. And, and uh, it's a story about a guy who writes a novel about an asteroid mining venture gone bust. And he puts it out on the internet, and it gets picked up by a, a Hollywood producer who makes a James Bond movie out of it. Huh, interesting. And it becomes widely popular, yeah. And, and uh, then uh, 20 years later, the original story comes true. And you fast forward another 20 years, and the people who are responsible for this disaster are desperate to maintain their anonymity. So that's one, one story that's out there, Volzon's Boomerang. And then there was another one then on Analog Magazine. Uh, Is that one that Isaac Asimov wrote, used to write for? Uh, I think he's, his works are in there, but Analog just has a lot of, of new young science fiction writers okay. writing. Okay. And uh, I, I saw it in Barnes & Noble, and I read an article in there, I think, called Potosi, and it's a story about this asteroid that's made out of platinum. And what what uh, struggles that causes back on planet Earth over the over uh, this asteroid made out of ninety nine point nine nine seven percent pure platinum. Yeah, yeah, the gold dealers didn't tell me how platinum was made. Probably the collapsing neutron star again. I don't know. Because it's not. As, I don't know. It it, it was it's yeah. traded as a precious metal, but it's not as popular as gold. Like in in common use. It uses was a few years ago. Uh, that I mean, all the ladies. It was all the thing to uh, to want. Say twenty years ago, okay. platinum and diamonds uh, for your wedding ensemble thing. But I don't think it's as big as it used to be. It's not Robin. As, thank you for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's it's yeah, yeah, It's more durable, but it's not as shiny. It's not as pretty. Uh, you know, it's all in the beholder here. We're just talking about metals and their sure. uh, their what they what, what they do. But I think that now with the economic downturn. I think that's probably what did it. So the economic downturn happens. Very few people are wanting ostentatious displays of wealth. And now when millennials are getting married, uh, they're choosing different things uh, to show their love. And what I heard about a white sapphire that you can, a lab-grown white sapphire you can get for like $60 a carat. And so you can have, you know, put a, a gold setting with a stone like that that looks great and only an expert can tell the difference between that and a and a diamond and wham bam you're in fantastic shape who cares sure uh i mean to me that would be the way to go 
depending on the size of the diamond you want. But I've never understood these things, the, the let's let's buy the shiny rock thing to show your love, and my wife doesn't want that. Lucky you. Yep, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't wear, she doesn't want jewelry at all. The one piece of jewelry that she values was I uh, got my son's first tooth that he lost, and I set it in a locket. Oh, that's kind of neat. And uh, so she can wear that, and she has uh, you know his tooth uh, in a locket, and that's the only thing. It's the only mineral that she really cares about in this uh, planet is you know that. Interestingly sentimental. Yeah. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Tell any uh, stories you have of uh, preserving your loved one's body, macabre body parts. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Mark with you. And Richie Rich. Richie, we were talking about, at the very beginning of the show, before uh, folks called in, and honestly, you know what? I forgot to test somebody on the Discord line, so I think I should just go ahead, in all fairness... Just go ahead and take this call unscreened. All right. Are you prepared to do that? Always. If, well, if it's from the Discord, it's probably one of the regulars and the usuals, or is, or it's a prank call. And either way, it'll be fun. Yeah, if it's a prank call, then that's fine. I want to make sure that I've got uh, just a few more seconds for the dump to charge up here. In that amount of time, I'm going to tell you about uh, Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is a supplement that I do take. Um, I take it pretty regularly. I was introduced to it by Riley Blake, who works with the show, and he works at the company. He thinks that it's a very good and upright company, and I think they are too. They hire blind guys like Riley, so there you go. Um, what I like is is that you can take three of their fruit capsules and three of their veggie capsules, and that will give you uh, 10 servings of fruits and vegetables for the day. And that's pretty nice when it's so hard to eat right. Balanceofnature.com. Use discount code FTL when you sign up. It's balanceofnature.com. Coupon code FTL. Let's go to Kip Calm and Pop Smoke, I guess is what we're talking about here. Kip, can you hear me? Hey, Mark. Uh, you can take your finger off the dump button. It's Zach in Minnesota. It's been a while since we spoke. Well, <laughs> you make you comfort me. Uh, I'm going to presume it's Zach in Minnesota, but uh, there is How a Zach in, Minnesota Zach in Minnesota that I know. And it's been a long-time <laughs> listener, but not a frequent caller. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to... Uh, touch on a topic you spoke about last week, and Jay, I believe you were on the conversation. I mean, it was about that uh, Harvard case and affirmative action. This is Rich, Richie Rich. Yeah. Oh, I may, I'm sorry. I may look like Jay on the monitor because <laughs> because of nothing, <laughs> because of the beard. Go ahead. Um, why don't you recap the story for the listeners? Um, well, actually, I don't remember the specifics okay. as much. Recap um, what you want to talk about. <laughs> Lay the yeah, groundwork so, here. What What I wanted to talk about wasn't the case itself 
as much. Um, but it was one of the very few times, as long as I've been listening to you, um, that I that I disagreed um, fairly strongly with with your uh, Excellent. position on it. Wow, this is uh, what I this is what I live for. People calling in that disagree <laughs> with me that can disagree in a way that doesn't make everybody angry. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so. So I don't misrepresent um, your view. Would you mind giving me your 15-second um, elevator speech on what do you think of affirmative action in general? Okay, so um, we were talking about this Harvard story where apparently they're discriminating against – the claim is they're discriminating against Asian um, Asians from getting into Harvard because apparently too many Asians are getting into Harvard or oh, something. Is this an old story? Because I remember like, – Well, the, the, the case is being bumped along. Oh, okay. So it reached another milestone. Okay. It, it had been decided upon in federal court as, no, no, there's no problem here. And what I would say is personally, I'm just of the opinion that if I don't think we get to that, what I would be looking for is that non that that uh, colorblind society. I don't want to determine whether I like or dislike somebody or trust or distrust somebody based on looking at the color of their skin. And I would, would like everybody else to feel the same way. That's my end goal. And I don't think we get there by... Uh, treating people differently based on the color of their skin or their claimed national or- origins or sure. anything like that. So I would like to do away with any kind of advantage or discrimination based on color, uh, gender, you know, these kind of things. I think it should all sort of be, you know, merit-based. You can do the work, then excellent. So, so go plenty ahead. of Asian people would get into Harvard then. Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, what do I care? I don't know. I mean, I'll bet you Ashkenazi Jews have been overrepresented there for some time, and we never said anything about it. Go ahead, Jack. Kip? Um, so I guess before I respond, Richie, is there anything you'd want to say or add before I respond? Uh, not really. I think Mark co- covered the basics. Um, I don't— But I'm you not grew big... up being discriminated against constantly because you weren't a Hawaiian national but grew up in Hawaii, right? That is true. So you were this sort of vilified underclass, whether or not you were a minority. Vilified is strong. I don't think I was vilified. It was it was it was definitely a thing. Sneered sneered at. Yeah, maybe. But it yeah. also like I never it never bothered me at all. Like I, I never took it to heart. It's just you know, it's part of that culture. You accept it. Typical Howley. Right. Even though I'm not. Um, You're not a typical Howley. No, because I was born there. <laughs> Isn't that what a Howley is? Someone who was born there. No. I thought it was just somebody who's not Hawaiian. Uh, well, if you want to get into that, no, it's usually foreigner. Okay. It's usually used for foreigners or white people. Um, go ahead, Zach. Okay. Um, so, so Mark with, with the, the colorblind society, et cetera. Yeah. And I know you and I go way back so we can have this conversation. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I, I used to be of that opinion too. Okay. Um, but I, I've changed my mindset um, after examining, you know, there there are issues. Now, of course, we start from the premise that institutions should be able to do whatever they want. Yeah, I said that um, I, several I, times. I, yep. I don't. Yeah, and that was the one point we did agree on. Um, I want, and let me I interject think, real quick because I wanted I wanted to bring this up as a point. Do we consider Harvard to be like a privately run institution? Or for is, the purposes of this, we're going to go ahead and say that. Okay, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, yeah, because we're speaking in generalities, not so much that case itself. Yep. Um, but I do think, for instance, like uh, educational institutions should have these policies to 
try to address some of the wrongs of the past here. Now, that is that is not to say that us today, us white folk, did anything wrong. Many of us weren't even alive. Well, most of us anyway. So we didn't do anything wrong. And that's one of the f- first things that we like to say. Um, and sure. some people will even go so far as to say that a lot of um, people of color weren't alive then, whenever then was. Right. But those systems and institutions trickle down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not really fair to hold an entire segment of society back for hundreds of years and then 50 years ago say, okay, go, catch up. Um, if we were running a race, an eight-lap race, and I got to run six laps before you even got to start, sure, it's not fair to say, hey, catch up. I think that's valid. Um, and that's why I think these policies do have a place. Uh, I guess, what, what do you think about that? Well, I would say that, um, you know, the, the difficulty is, is that at any given point in history, your, um, you're, you're attempting to sort of set things straight. Right. So if we're talking about somebody going into Harvard, as the story was about, then you're talking about somebody who's 18 years old. I'm maybe uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that a lot of the social ills facing black Americans were addressed by um, somewhere around 1980. And that there are certainly some that still exist, but they are minuscule compared to the ones that existed pre-1980. And that the people that we're talking about here didn't exist pre-2000. So 20 years after that, um, what we're doing is we're taking, in the case of Chinese people, or excuse me, Asians um, that we're talking about, some of many of which are Chinese, um, the getting into Harvard in greater numbers than for whatever reason Harvard would like is, is that, you know, taking a slot from one minority and giving it to another minority. I mean, what have what what's been so great about being Asian in America that all the uh, black people should or, you know, that should get some advantage over you? This isn't about white people. And that's what I find most interesting about this particular case is, is that it takes the normal paradigm that we've been fed over and over again, that racism is about relationships between white people and black people. And then let's just forget all those other races because it's complicated for me, and we're just going to boil it down to these two and take the worst case and the best case scenario and go after each other. Zach, I know that you want to talk about this, and uh, we're coming right up here where uh, um, I'm going to hold on to you. Okay. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The number is 855-450-3733. In a conversation here about affirmative action, which has largely been eliminated in the United States, but uh, uh, Lazak from Minnesota wants to talk about it, so um, you're going to have to go back for me to recap all this. Basically, my opinion uh, when it came to uh, affirmative action, I'm going to bring Zach back on the line here so you can hear me, Zach, is that... Um, you know, the Harvard case is very interesting because you're talking about taking an advantage away from uh, one minority 
and presumably giving it to another minority trying to make things uh, fair. So do you want to talk about that aspect or you just want to talk about affirmative action generally uh, with sort of the the white-black paradigm that we all deal with? Um, I I wanted to more talk about the the subject at large um, for two reasons, just one, because I think there's more meat on the bone, um, but also because, to, to be perfectly honest, I'm not intimately familiar with that case and the history of it. Okay. Um, but I think that it's interesting that, um, I mean, you know, the first laws in the United States to, uh, affect, um, immigration were the yellow man laws in the 1880s. The, um, Asian Americans were, yeah, yeah, not terribly well liked out West, uh, for a long time for a variety of reasons. They were kids that are dumb. They took their jobs. You know, the, you, know, you know the whole litany. We've heard it all before. We've heard it a hundred times. Just uh, predisposed to criminality and all the crap that they always say because, you know, they can point to this case or that case. But, uh, you know, somehow the integration is there. Um, you don't hear that. You don't hear those complaints amongst Asians nearly as much as you hear them in other minority groups. And it's interesting that uh, somehow we haven't seen those kind of that kind of integration. And I don't know how to solve that. I'm I can't fix that particular problem. If you want me to address um, uh, specifically just white black paradigm and. Affirmative action, I'd say that we're not going to get to this colorblind world that I'm looking for without acting like color doesn't exist. I mean, it seems like the way to get colorblind is to be colorblind. So go ahead, Zach. And I mean, the 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 colorblind, you know, moniker itself doesn't even I mean, we all see color and that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It's there. Um, it's true. And and again, I, I just want to it also again the point to make a, to make ahead. one more point here before you you go on. Color is true and not true. And uh, I have not I, I've seen online. I've read this stuff. Uh, this is all I can do is I can read right. And that there is more genomic variation on the continent of Africa among Africans than there is between Africans and Eastern Europeans. So color will tell you the truth and lie to you all at the same time. If you try to make some statement about sort of the the genetic predisposal of black people in some way, you're going to be way off because that's a big continent that's difficult to travel very far in and the genomic variation is very high. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, and and – that's a whole other rabbit hole. Sure. You know, uh, is, is race a social construct or not? Yep. Um, but I, I think it's it's easy for us as, as white guys to sit around and talk about because race doesn't really affect our lives. And we can we can choose. That's what I'm told. If we're going to engage in the conversation. I have met plenty um, of black people that say that they've just chosen to not let race affect their lives and that it was one of the best decisions that they ever made. But like, then it doesn't stop the the loss prevention guy at the store from following them around or the police officer from treating them differently. Ignore it. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, and until you're easy for down you on to the say, ground, Mark. You know, it's- how many loss prevention guys have followed me around? I couldn't even say. I would say very few, but I I don't get followed around. I don't know. You know, and that's kind of the point, my friend. Yeah, um, that that 
that this stuff doesn't affect us that way. So it's it's easy for us to say, oh, we should just ignore race. I mean that because that's what we do unconsciously every day. Okay, so uh, let me let me address it real quick. I would say that if, as in, from an individual standpoint, not from a societal standpoint, from an individual standpoint, you will be best off ignoring race, no matter what your race is. Just ignore it. Be stupid and happy about that topic. You know, treat people overly nice that you think might be caught up in that paradigm and just go on. That will give you the happiest results. And happiness is what we're all talking about here. If you want to be unhappy, concentrate on race all the time and see problems everywhere and you'll find them. So uh, now on a societal level, I do think that there needs to be issues addressed as far as race goes. Go on, Zach. Yeah, um, I mean, if we could all flip a switch tomorrow and and everyone decide to ignore the past, you know, however millennia, that would be fantastic. Um, but but of course, and, and I think you know that that's just not going to happen. Um, so what what do we as individuals do in the meantime? Uh, well, again, when it, you say ignoring the past millennia, to some extent, we've been fed a line too. Um, if we're to argue the racial thing and you want to look at all of history, you can say that the slave trade from Africa sent more, far more people east to uh, Saudi Arabia you know, and, and the uh, Asia Minor and that general vicinity than it did west to, uh, to, to the New World. And when you look at the amount of people that were sent to the New World and compare that to the amount that were sent to simply what is known as the United States of America today and then understand that, say, the United States was only importing slaves for, I think, 18 years of its existence and everything else would then go on uh, England as a sort of, uh, you know, blaming all that. Like uh, there's the the waters get very murky very quickly. Don't forget that my ancestors in a lot of cases were still sitting over in Germany the whole time um, and had nothing to do with it. So. I don't like going back and looking at the facts and then trying to drag them forward because they get really weird. Well, yeah, and, and you know, my family, it, it, the, it comes down to the individual, you know, versus society at large. That, um, you know, my family didn't come over, I think it was mid-19th century. Right. Um, the so, Swedes so didn't hold, can, hold a lot of sl- slaves. Yeah, so, so I can say that line. However... We still benefit from the systems that were established. Sure. Before they the, got the off white the privilege argument, right? Sure. Okay. Well, so well, th- this, I, is I where I'm, this is where I'm. This is where I'm going to jump a in. Fact more than an argument. Yeah. It, it may be a fact. Here's the thing. I'm going to go back to your analogy. Now that we've kind of circled back to it a little bit, with the finite race, right? You said uh, if you had a six a six lap advantage of an eight lap race, uh, aren't you in an advantageous position? And yes, you are in an eight lap race, but humanity isn't run on a finite race, right? I want to see what is best to move humanity forward. Let's uh, use timeline sure. for here, because race gets very complicated when you use it in this. So it's not a finite timeline. Yeah, it's not okay, fine. It's not a time finite timeline. Um, so it's not like you get like two extra you get the six lap head start and then they'll never catch up. Right? What what affirmative action would do is hamper your ability to move forward while everybody else is catching up, which puts humanity behind on that timeline, 
Whereas if we just continue to progress forward, some of those folks will catch up and surpass. Some of them won't. It'll be an individual choice at an individual level on whether or not to take the steps necessary to catch up and surpass. And some will make the choice and some will not. But what I don't want to see is affirmative action stifling humanity growth on that timeline uh, by by holding the best and the brightest back simply to let others catch up. Right? Whatever color. But that whatever color they – whatever color who's ahead, whatever color who's behind, right? Everyone continuously moves forward at the most expeditious rate possible to, to pull all of humanity with it. And, Rich, the – you and I, with what you just said, we agree about, I would say, probably 80%. Um, because, yes, we both want humanity to advance. And then the just the argument comes down to, how do we do that? By not holding um, anybody back. Well, and, and Going I forward. Think, well, it's, and, and there's not so much people being held back so much as others being pushed forward. Because if we look at, you know, it's easy to talk about, like, meritocracy. And... You know, tell that to a kid who was born into a neighborhood that has been redlined, and now the schools aren't great because it's kept perpetually poor on purpose. How is that kid? It's you know that a single that- be- better argument is that a kid that is born into a bad neighborhood with a two- in a two-parent family is significantly more likely to do well than a kid that was born into an ordinary neighborhood in a single parent family. That this, the one biggest factor that distinguishes between success and failure in this world is a two parent functioning family. It has a lot to do with sort of having dinner at night and things like that. Zach, hold the line. Free Talk Live. You can be the smartest person in the room on the topic of the Constitution if you watch this free webinar. Liberty First University is online training on the principles of liberty and the origin, proper application, and defense of our founding documents and the principles they contain. You will receive an education worthy of the highest institutions of learning, as if the founders were teaching it. Join us at lfu.freetalklive.com to watch the free pre-recorded webinar. Watch now at lfu.freetalklive.com. Kicking off the third hour of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Richie Rich. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do. And the number's 855-450-3733. But I've been having an interesting conversation here with Zach, who called in from Minnesota. And I'm comfortable in doing this because, frankly, Richie... There are no calls on the line. And he sounds great because he's on Discord. There's there's one coming in here, and we'll uh, we'll get to him when the time comes. But, um, yeah, he does sound great, and he is on Discord. You can go get on Discord at discord.freetalklive.com. And, Zach, thank you for taking the time to do that. Yeah, um, and I guess maybe I shouldn't be as flattered as I was. It's just because nobody else is on the phone. Well, you're <laughs> flattered because you're talking about – you should be flattered because you're, you're talking about something I want to talk about. Um, and I've got to say that I am – I'm frustrated and demoralized by these conversations to the extent that I – when I get – when I talk about these things and when I think about them in my head, not when I talk about it, when I think about them in my uh, head and my little walks, I'm just like, I can't wait to retire to some other country and not have to worry about this stuff that is almost entirely uniquely American. 
the the sort of conversation that um, you know white people ought to take a time out so that black people can catch up in the uh, you know conversation and sort of the um, you know the the affirmative action that kind of thing and that whole time out catch it that's what I'm talking about that's nonsense and it's it's I don't BS. accept it yeah and one of the reasons I don't accept it is is because you know you're asking me Zach to uh, disadvantage my kid because somebody would say that he's well he's white right now I didn't say he was white but somebody else would go ahead and say it they would assume that without knowing the genetic makeup of the mother just by looking at you yeah they just said yeah that that's the, that's the story and that my kid's got to take a time out um, in life and then every other kid too that I know it's got to take a little time out in life or whatever. They got to have some disadvantage. They got to, you know, the Harrison Bergeron thing. They got to drag around a 45 pound weight behind them or whatever it is that they've got to do in order to make it fair for some other group when it'll never be fair because fair doesn't exist. I guess like sameness doesn't exist. Quality. And I don't know how to do that. I, I can't even imagine how to do that. I can't even imagine that there's a way to do that. And the idea that somehow we can, as a society, figure out the way to make things fair and equal sounds bizarre. And I want to tell you a story before you go on um, here, Zach. I know somebody who uh, had kept their kid out of school and then uh, was ready to bring them in. And when they did bring them in, they had to answer some st- some questions on race they did not have a choice not to answer questions on race because when i when i got married i said i'm not giving you that information and i was ready to walk out i didn't want to you know i don't i don't care i'm gonna get married someplace and not have to give this information put human race on there right um actually it was in sarasota county and we ended up having to write business race in Um, that's even dumber it's really dumb (laughs) but it shows that i was unwilling to put a race down um, they, this person didn't have a choice, and they felt the most factual way to describe their white kid was to call them white, black, Asian, and Hispanic, because all those things were true. Yeah. They may have been true in small amounts, but they were true. Yeah. So now that this stuff's been written down on paper, Zach, now we have this person who has been, I don't know, they got all the advantages of being white. Now they're out there presumably... Uh, calling themselves a bunch of different minorities, not because they're looking for disadvantages in life, but because they're actually looking for advantages, right? They probably marked those things that they marked because they believed at some point that was actually going to advantage their kid, which then says that this is an advantage that we're talking about to be a color that is other than white. I, I once did the uh, the math on my son because I'm like, I'm two nationalities, two races, for this conversation, uh-huh. right? I'm, the, my birth certificates is Portuguese and Chinese, so I'm white and I'm Asian. My son has like 16 nationalities because his mom was a mix of a whole bunch of things, and he's a mix of a whole bunch of things, including white. But does he look like a white kid? I I don't know, I, maybe. But okay. he's, he's, he lives in Hawaii, so he looks like he looks like a mixed kid. In Hawaii, like you, there's some white characteristics, there's some Asian characteristics, and he goes to the beach, so he's dark skinned too. He doesn't, he's not a white kid. Go on, Zach. Yeah, um, and I, I guess I, I may end up repeating myself a bit. You might as well. Um, so maybe, may, maybe, maybe we'll the, the conversation <laughs> to a close shortly. But 
Um, like I said, I don't know if, if the policy, if we're talking about, you know, affirmative action as a whole, you know, on a societal level, maybe it's not perfect. Um, but I don't know if we can just ignore the past because it, it's not the past doesn't exist in a bubble. Nope. Like, like I said, it, it, it it's all true. trickles down. You can acknowledge and, it without changing future behavior, though. Right. Yep. And, you're starting six laps behind. So well, that, and I, I think that's a, a very valid way to look at it, though, um, is because parts of society were held back. And then to say, OK, sorry, go. I, what if I we're looking at it wrong? That's though? beneficial. What if you're looking at it from a racial paradigm, which having a there, there's all kinds of organizations out there that, uh, you know, are pushing for races to, uh, you know, whatever the race is, whether it's the uh, NAACP or, um, you know, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, well, whatever it is. So there's a whole bunch of them out there. It benefits those organizations, which do get news. They get press time sure. um, to talk about race. What if it's actually whether or not there are two parents in the household? That separates these things. And what if the United States government and governments around the world have policies in place that disadvantage certain racial groups from having two parents in the household, thus making it look like it is in fact about race when it's really about sort of upbringing and family units and these kind of things? I mean, yeah, is it there possible? Are, of course, way, way more factors that. Of course, being one of them. Yep, um, it's a big one, and that's why there 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 is an argument for um, maybe to morph affirmative action into more of a class based um, idea. Okay, um, where that it, it doesn't necessarily advantage or disadvantage anyone. Based but on classes, how they look. P- people uh, people are on the move in class all the time. And yeah. I pointed this out on the harder air. to discriminate then, right? Well, well, yeah, it is uh, because I pointed this out a few uh, days ago on the show. Is is that every uh, white person, the middle class, lower middle class, uh, lower class, whatever you're talking about, has a story, and that story it's almost the same for every one of them. It's that you know my grandfather, my great grandfather, my great great grandfather was rich in oil, steel. Um, Slaves, uh, you know, railroad, whatever the story is. And then, um, you know, something happened. There was a marriage. There was a death. There was, uh, you know, some alcoholism. There was the whole deal, whatever the story is. And now here I am, ordinary, having to work every day. And I'll probably work until I'm 70 and then die. Right. Um, And that story is repeated over and over again. What it shows is, is that people move through class on a generational level. And then most people will move th- uh, from through classes on a in a lifetime too. There are very few people that are born poor and stay poor all the time, especially if those people had two parents and the if they have the mindset for success. Well, I mean, even even so, if you have the mindset for success, there's all kinds of stories where people will move through all the classes, yeah. go from lower class to upper class. And I think I can claim. Color. I think I can claim that. Um, you know, I did at least. If I'm not upper, uh, if I'm not upper class, I'm upper middle class. And I grew up in a house where we didn't have air conditioning in Florida. We didn't have a washer and dryer. Uh, I mean, you know, there I had some advantages. My parents scrimped and saved to send me to to uh, public school or private school, but I'm sure they got some help too. So people move through class, Zach. Yeah. 
Um, and so, I yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I think we've said everything. So I appreciate the conversation. Thank now. you, Zach. Appreciate your time. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how we do a uh, radio call uh, because uh, you can have a conversation without getting all upset at people for not uh, agreeing with your one, your opinion 100%. I mean, this is a pretty big issue. 855-450-3733. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Richie Rich. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Uh, before we get into the calls, I want to read to you about Liberty First University. You may have heard of Chris Ann Hall. She's the former Florida attorney who and former prosecutor who was fired after teaching the Constitution. Even though she was ordered not to by her boss, uh, the state's attorney Skip Jarvis, she would not stop and stood up for liberty over a paycheck. Watch the replay of our webinar with Chris Hall. I, I was uh, watching this uh, live, and it was fantastic. You can go see it for free at lfu.freetalklive.com. It's LFU, as in Liberty First University. Freetalklive.com. If you have any interest in the Constitution, you will find this to be a compelling uh, story, uh, compelling uh, interview. It's awesome. She's a great interview, and uh, and and it's great. LFU is in Liberty First University. Freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, it's not just the cops and uh, doing a dry run tests in the uh, schools that are firing blanks. No, it's Ian's firing blanks too, isn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even on the show to defend himself tonight. I don't even know how to That's react. That's why I said it. That's why I said it now. Oh, wait a second. Strategy. I'm firing the same blanks. Well, not the same ones, but. Okay. Yeah. How can you? Oh, how can the absence of something be the same? Yeah. As far as I know, I am not firing blanks. Just for the record. Okay. You have a child. I do. Yeah. Do you need another? Uh, working on it. Okay. Good. There you go, David. You're you're firing the same blanks to uh, tell, Mark. To <laughs> <Do> tell. tell. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. Any anyway, I could I could go on and on and on. You gave me all kinds of material tonight, but but uh, let me get right to it. Um, discrimination or discrimination as mike tyson likes to say um i don't hear many interviews with him but maybe yeah yeah no i I just had one interview with him in in a in a topless bar in phoenix well that's funny he's going to get along with uh that that trent uh, that trump plant at the aoc rally who like wants to eat children what oh right you don't remember that? Mike Tyson said he was going to eat Lennox Lewis's children at one point in an interview. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, David. <laughs> yeah. Stop side sidetracking so us. He, he he did eat part of somebody's baby. Uh, well, uh, just started the year. with the year on, on Holyfield. Holyfield, yeah. yeah. The, so, um, well, discrimination. Well, first of all, Mark, you, you said you had uh, uh, your ancestors back in the day were in Germany. Not Some really involved, but if they were uh, Jewish in Germany, they might have been in finance and financing the slave trade in one way or another, like ships or 
uh, irons or anything like that. So you 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 don't know. And then um, you said uh, about if you focus on racism all the time, you're probably not going to be happy. But the, you you didn't you kind of ignored the situations which are common. Um, well, let me also say I'm in New Mexico. New Mexico is known to the FBI as the most corrupt state in the nation. Okay, and we have discrimination here. This is a minority majority state. So as a How does that work? Uh, as a as it, there's there's more brown people than there are the brown people are the majority okay. in New Mexico. So I, I am a minority as a white guy and an even smaller minority as a as a wasp cisgender straight male. And uh, that's where that's where this comes in, because I'm currently being discriminated by Jewish people and by by women and by lesbians and by those that I don't know if. if but do you uh, see how if, focusing what, on those aspects probably make you less happy than just saying what? there are people out there that thank, aren't treating me you. fairly? Thank you for setting yourself up so I can take you down. Please do. Now, yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't be unhappy about the discrimination if the discrimination didn't hit me across the face like a two by four. If the people if the Jewish female lesbian and transsexual, these are different people, um, uh, we're talking like 70, 80 percent. Matter of fact, I can't think of one single straight white guy uh, that's non-Jewish, you know, Gentile that's non-Jewish. Uh, that works at the University of New Mexico KUNM radio station that has uh, hit me across the face with a two by four. I can't think think of one single person. Well, I haven't been hit across the face with a two by four too often. Is it is it possible Pardon? that it's not discrimination and they just don't like your personality? Oh no, it's, it could very well be discrimination. I'm talking about focusing on that aspect of it. Could if I be. had a criminal it's, case, I would be looking at discrimination because it's something that gets. Uh, you know the the courts all rise up kerfuffled, sure. right? But if I, um, you know, was living my, we're talking about living a happy life, happiness, not yeah. success, happiness. Um, I would focus on. I would not focus on race. Uh, is what my right. advice well, let is. Me answer, let me answer uh, Rich's question here. First of all, um, the answer to your question is no, because I actually happen to have what they think, uh, what their allegation is about me. In their own words, in writing, in a legal document, in the form of a criminal complaint. I have that. In fact, coincidentally, I emailed that to both one of them, to both Mark and Ian yesterday, to start letting them read for themselves. I don't read emails on the weekend. Uh, and, and it's and it specifically says cis white male in the documents? Uh, we don't like that, David that, because he's a cis white male? Not con- your, your question right now is not consistent with, with what you asked a moment ago. You were talking about whether they might not just might just not like me because of my personality. And what I'm, I'm presenting, it. the evidence that I'm presenting to you is that is in the form of a written legal document that they wrote that says it's not my personality; it's other things. So, oh. uh, if if and Mark has Mark has the beginnings of those documents and so you can actually read it for yourself and you can see but i probably won't david i mean i i've got so i get so many i get 200 emails a day i'm not expecting i'm not i didn't my statement didn't say that you had to or i expected that you would i said uh, specifically to quote myself you can i can thank you for the call appreciate it i'm 
855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. I've got uh, – Alan's been holding here um, on the line. Alan, you're on Free Talk Live. And there we go. Alan, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I don't I heard know. A click. Oh, there we go. Oh, lying. there we go. Yeah. Mark. I got to get threatened. Your family is going to suffer for your life. Are you, you going to let him? Right. Just had to get that in there. Now, Ian drops that stuff yeah. because um, I don't know why. I mean, shouldn't somebody who wants to get on the radio and say, your family is going to suffer for what you've done, you know, rambling every single night about this crap, um, you know, stalking somebody who's asked them to never contact me again, you lunatic. Um, I mean, if you want a documentation of it that he's doing it, yeah. Not it just happens over and over again. I, don't, I understand. But if Ian drops the call, you don't have a record of it tonight. You, you have something. I think I can get it. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't go in the podcast. It does go on the Twitch feeds or okay. whatever. So, you know, whatever. Just crazy people. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Divi is crypto made easy. Anyone can use Divi to securely and seamlessly spend, earn, store, or exchange digital money, the U.S. dollar, and euros. Divi is fast. Transactions happen in seconds with fewer fees. While other altcoins are languishing, the Divi price has risen substantially against BTC. Now's the time to make a switch to Divi or make your start with cryptocurrency with Divi. Visit DiviProject.org. Divi is crypto made easy. Plus one click master notes. DiviProject.org. Again, DiviProject.org. Free Talk Live. Trying to hop in late here. The number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And, Richie, we were on the topic of school... uh, We grazed the surface of a school shooter drill and then delved into the conspiracy insanity of whether or not Sandy Hook was real. Right. As soon as we talked about shooter drills, then somebody calls in about Sandy Hook. Yes. And we didn't get very far. But there is an outrageous thing that happened in Ohio, another one that's associated with these drills. And I've got to say that it is very easy for me to make the decision as a parent to not send my kid to these government schools. And the reason is, is that, I mean, when was the last time we had a good news story come out of these places? Good point. Like a story that has to do with this is good because this school is a government school. Not this is good because, you know, good people, good people go to government schools. Certainly, I would not claim that the vast majority of kids there are not, you know, good kids. That's caveat, by the way, when you say good kids, 
You're not saying like good adults. <laughs> you know, they're, they're they have still time to progress. Irresponsible beings, um, or that the teachers that work there aren't good people. I think they're all just ordinary people put into a perverted financial, financially perverted system that is the almost indisputably. Uh, indisputable result of what's going to happen. I mean, we know what's going to happen when it comes to government schools because it always happens over and over again. The uh, worst school in a given geographic area for a given grade, because I think that's the only way you could do it, right? Like a private school could be kindergarten through eighth grade. So then, and maybe there's only one private school in town and one public school in town, and the public school is kindergarten through, um, uh, you know, uh, 12th grade. So you couldn't compare 11th grade in the private school to 11th grade in the, uh, the the government school because the private school doesn't have it. But you could send your kid from kindergarten through eighth grade there and then maybe out of town or to the government school, whatever you wished to. Sure. Or a private high school. But for a given grade, uh, for a given geographic area, the government school is the worst almost every single time. And... No one has ever called in to dispute that. They've said, people lie with statistics. But also true. I've made this very clear what I'm talking about. The government school sucks, is the worst school in a given geographic area. Now, you may be in a given geographic area, like maybe the school in Keene, New Hampshire, where I'm doing this show, is better than the government school in South, um, South, uh, South Chicago. Well, yeah, absolutely, sure. Maybe even... And I'm sure this is true, that there are some government schools that are better than some private schools, right? There's the private schools for the bad kids, you know, the ones that have learning disabilities or the ones that uh, get in trouble or whatever the situation is. And they have some private schools for them. So, sure, maybe that's the case. But still, (laughs) even so, um, what I'm saying is is likely true. That's true across a lot of sectors. I said that's true across a lot of sectors. Like I've al- I've always held up the the public versus private example. Yeah, you know, do do you public want- su- the public option always sucks. Always sucks, right? Do you want to catch a bus or do you want to take a private car, right? Do you want to use the public restroom? Or do but you at least with the restroom? bus, it costs less than hiring a taxi. That's right? true. Now you can get a, have a car if you're going to drive every day. Your car costs will probably be lower than your bus costs, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends. But the cost in time is uh, it's higher. It's a big factor. That's a big factor for me. That's right. why I do not like public transportation. Yeah. I like leaving on my time. I like being where I want to be on my time. And you don't have to sit next to people that smell like urine. Yep. And that's if anybody's sitting on the bus. Maybe the bus just smells like urine. Because people have sat there in urine and, pans on the bus. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, my stepdad, a uh, retired bus driver for the okay. city. Yeah. Great. But yeah, never, never wanted, never wanted to be on the bus at all. Ever, even though he was the, even even though he worked there. What did these cops do? All right, I'm going to recap just because we're oh, so you have clo- to. We're so close to the beginning of the article. Uh, police outside of Dayton, Florida, uh, Dayton, Ohio, excuse me, unsheathed their weapons and fired blanks in Franklin High School on Tuesday as part of a misguided effort to prepare students for a possible active shooter drill. The planned drill unnecessarily ratcheted up the intensity of school lockdown procedures, which routinely require students and teachers to barricade themselves in their classrooms. That the exercise was potentially traumatizing was not lost on the officials who planned it, as they came equipped with social-emotional activities, in quotes, 
as well as counselors who could talk with any disturbed teens. Uh, there was a concern, and it did cause some stress among parents and students. Lieutenant uh, Jerry Mas- Massey tells the Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, senior Samantha Earnhardt, one such terrified student, said that she became very emotional and started to cry upon hearing the gunfire. And for what? Regardless of the feverish rhetoric around school shootings, the phenomenon remains exceedingly rare. It's rare, and I don't know what you can really do about it and how live fire really helps. So if there's something that one can do in active shooter situation, they need to practice doing that thing. Over and over and over again. Right. Like so, one drill or a handful of drills, not going to make you ready for the real thing. Right. I mean, Not even close. If there, if anybody can see a fire and anybody can report a fire, and then there's fire alarms all over the school, and sometimes people pull them, then... Anybody can see an active shooter, and anybody can report an active shooter, and there should be active shooter alarms all over the school. And then the protocol for active shooter, whatever that might be, ought to be instituted, whether the teachers, you know, lock the door, turn off the lights, everybody huddles in one corner. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not a security expert, but have a security expert figure out what the, the, the choices are. Well, some schools, like I said, off the air, they're building round corridors so there's not a, a straight line of fire on new schools with barricades intermittently throughout the corridor. So no matter where you are, the, there's always the, something to hide. There's behind. always something to hide behind, and the shooter never has a straight shot. Sure. So there's design implements in place for that as well. Right. There's you know there's things things you can do. I don't know what I th- I think I would not send my kid to a government school. A to start, but um, you know this all this extra stuff. Well, let's get the SWAT team out here so they can practice shooting kids. Um, you know, there's I don't think there's any reason for it, and I say this as a guy who's done a lot of drills. I worked for a fire department, and we drilled all every every time we got together. There were drills involved, and yeah. we you have to practice these things. And I get that I probably didn't drill enough. There's more drills to do, but, you know, put together a protocol, implement the protocol. You don't need to shoot blanks, which could be real, by the way. I mean, how many people do we, are there stories of that thought that a gun was full of blanks or empty or whatever, and they died? Yep. So Too many. the idea that they've got cops in schools with guns firing their weapons, it's outrageous. It is. It, it, I mean, and you're liable to lose more cops than you lose students here, by the way. So outrageous and also not the first. I'm going to skip a little bit here. In August, police fired off blanks at a high school in Long Island, New York, in response to a pretend shooter who banged on classroom doors while students and teachers hit. Right. So one of the things they're doing is making these shooter drills as uh, realistic as they can. Right. Which which I can I can see the point where it would be necessary if you're preparing for the real thing. Right. As close to reality as possible. But it's also I don't know if the of the benefit outweighs the cost of the traumatization of the students and faculty who aren't aware that it's a drill. So this fake shooter banged on doors. Did that mean that someone banged on doors and another cop fired off and uh, said what? I'm a shooter. Um, What did they I mean, like a shooter wouldn't bang on a door. They'd come in and shoot you or doors are being locked on our kids, and I didn't know it. Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. And Richie Rich. I want to tell you about the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P, amp.freetalklive.com. AMP program supports Free Talk Live, as does Syracuse Joe. And you should, too. Thank you, Syracuse Joe. Because there's a couple of good things that Free Talk Live does. If you don't believe that spreading the ideas of liberty are a good idea, then you probably believe that spreading the ideas of freedom of speech are a good idea. And Free Talk Live does both of these. We allow people to call in, talk about whatever they want, as evidenced by listening to this show tonight. (laughs) Even people who are banned from the show tonight. If you think those are good things, you must also admit that no other show does them. Certainly not the way that Free Talk Live does them. 200 radio stations, that's a lot of free speech. So AMP, amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Olivia calling in from, I can't remember, Arizona, Olivia, is that right? Hey, Mark. Hey, Richie Rich. Hello. Um, Where in Arizona are you? I, <laughs> or, uh, like the, the southern part. Okay. That's yeah, the hot part. Yeah. <laughs> Tucson. Oh, is, the is there a cool vicinity. part of Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are cool yeah, parts. I, there I'm are. North. Altitude. Is really nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sedona. Kind yeah, of if areas. you go up to like Cayenta up by the Grand Canyon, it feels amazing pretty much all year. They get snow down in the southern part. Wintertime's great, but oh gosh, it's so hot in the summer. It's like 115. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's like being in an easy bake oven. A cousin of mine moved to yeah. Gilbert, Arizona. Oh, yeah, it's not too far. I know nice. where that is. It's pretty. It's pretty out there, but it's very artsy. What are your uh, thoughts, Olivia? I called in. Well, I was raised, um, I've got to disagree with you on the whole public versus private school. I was raised by a very unpleasant and controlling and very religious parent. And I went to religious school for the majority of, well, until high school, well, until junior high, until eighth grade. All the way through college. Hold on, did you, you did go in eighth grade or you didn't go in eighth grade? I I switched to public in eighth grade. So eighth grade I started. I switched at ninth from a oh, pri- wow. uh, private Christian school to a government school in Ninth. Catholic all the way through college. Okay. So oh, uh, you, you've got a pretty uh, sympathetic <laughs> audience, or at least an uh, uh, experienced audience here. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to I'm gonna present the other half because I know I'm not alone on this. I've heard other people say the same thing. So I went to Catholic school. It was horrible. It was horrible. No self-expression. All the kids were rich and snooty. I was not from a rich family. Like, they scrimped and saved. So, But I was basically in isolation, you know? Well, let me, oh, hold um, on. Let me ask you some questions about that. I, I hear that you're, you're saying that, but I have, I'm, now I'm interested. So you're from a relatively poor family that's interested in sending your, their kid to the very best school that they can, the very best one that they believe is a Catholic school, because they're Catholic, and why wouldn't they, right? Already admirable. All right. So I, you know, I can't say that any of that's terrible. You didn't like the experience. Let me ask you this. Did the rich kids dislike you because there was an obvious class difference? Did they vilify? Did they treat you badly? I mean, could you not draw upon some of your contacts from that time frame now, um, presuming you're in the same uh, geographic area, and, and somehow benefit yourself? I mean, much of school is about networking, is it not? And you presumably networked with some of the wealthier people in that town. Go ahead, Olivia. 
no, actually, I went to college with some of the people that I went to sixth and seventh grade with, and I never even spoke to them. I didn't even look at them. It was such a bad experience. They they did discriminate against me based on class because when I switched to public school, it was a poor public school. I made friends the first day. It was awesome. So, and plus, in private school, they didn't have hardly any extracurriculars. It, I mean, yeah. like the teams were so small. That's all. That's a small. that's leveled at uh, private schools all the time. I think it's been addressed to some extent that now that private schools have made inroads with the government schools. So if you want to play football, uh, they you don't sound like a football player, Olivia. But if you wanted to play football, you can <laughs> go, that they somehow can do some inner school thing, and wow. off you can go off. That's news to me. That is that does that is not relate to my experience. But in- often there. Many towns have a football team that you can go and play football in some was it pop warner uh you know some league That's, that yeah. is non-school it's not the same though i i don't know the, the sense of community i got in public school the education Much i got higher. of course i was in ap ap classes i felt like i learned way more in the ap classes than i did in catholic school and this was a writ like i said it was a ritzy catholic school lawyers yeah. doctors all that and I mean, just my personal experience, mm-hmm. I guess I went to a good public school, even though it was like a really poor town, but just people were down to earth. The teachers Whoa. were really nice. Let, um, let's yeah, say you if, have to redefine happy, your success. Yeah. If, if you're happy, you're going to learn more than if you're unhappy. And it sounds like you were happier at the government school than you were at the, the private school. I would say that school is largely about networking and far less about what you learn. This is a a guy whose kid uh, has never stepped foot inside a school and uh, is reading just fine and probably at grade level on math. I don't know. Networks Uh, on Minecraft. Right. (laughs) You know, and and all these things. So I really don't believe you need school to learn the things that you're going to learn. Can I just say one thing to that? Sure. Um, my my home life, my personal home life was really quite miserable, and uh, you know, going to going to public school was kind of my the way I got relief. Yeah, it was, it was almost like an escape yeah. that there was life out there, different points of view, and you know, I I ended up being nothing like my. Well, that's not true. I try not to be like my family, and uh, I don't know. I just. It changed my life. I don't know. I don't know if I would even be here if it wasn't for for getting out. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, like I said, what what I will say is you have to redefine your level of happiness and success. If you're saying that the private school is producing doctors and lawyers and so on and so forth, and those are the ones who can afford to send their kids to that private institution, right? Financial success is more likely in their future than it is for those coming out of the public school system. Right, they they, it's they, a, they it seems the like it's, it's a pretty a relatively safe bet. Right, I think Olivia is the exception to the rule, but an interesting one to hear the story nonetheless. Absolutely, I'm not discounting. Well, like no. I said, I'm not discounting a personal experience. Actually, I know a lot of people who I went to school with. They went to work in the petrochemical plant, and so they they I mean they were did horribly in school, um, but they make great money. You know, checking gauges. They're good at what they do. Sure. Yeah. You know, or they, they became plumbers or, you know, they did other important things. They didn't become doctors, but they still have nice houses. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that if one goes on and learns a skill that you're going to have a, a great chance of going on. But that's not I, I think that 
people, again, I think people pick the schools that they pick largely because of networking and that people tend to travel in the class circles that they started. And my mother told me my whole life, and I believed her, that we were upper middle class. I Either she's absolutely delusional <laughs> or um, she was just telling me something so that I would believe it. And I don't think that's the worst sin that a parent has ever committed. I'm going to go with that one because she only chuckles when I say this. I, I, I have absolutely been at dinner and said almost verbatim the crap that it just came out of my mouth right now to somebody who is not my mother while my mother sits there. Um, because, you know, the idea that this woman can sit in a house in Florida with the interior temperature being 110 and talk about how she's upper middle class. It's outrageous. Well, no it one just above- doesn't have a washer and dryer to do her clothes in. It has to go to a laundromat. If you're going to a laundromat and it's not because you're washing a comforter that your dog barfed on, you are absolutely not upper middle class. No one above the poverty line wants to admit they're lower middle class or lower class. <laughs> right? It's like if you hit the middle, you're upper middle class. Right. And that's just how it is. <laughs> I think that you're right. <laughs> Olivia, thank you for the call. Appreciate your story. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I'm giving the telephone number. I was one just about to ask. I just minute checked. out. It uh, doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah, I I think that it's funny how people think that they're in different classes and um you know they're not. Yeah. And I don't. It, like even classifying classes can get complicated. So for instance, what defines somebody's an upper class? What if you have a million dollars? But you have no income. Are you upper class or are you lower class? I think once you start defining your wealth in terms of net wealth as opposed to income, you're upper class. <laughs> <laughs> the net worth versus income is where I would draw the line. Yeah. Uh, so go to freetalklive.com. You can go there and you can sign up for our newsletter. We send out, I think, once a month. Uh, we try not to send out the newsletter very often. Uh, and check it out there at uh, freetalklive.com. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. 